0: Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And it's time for a coffee break. Welcome back to the coffee breaks. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long while. Yeah, but we are ready to jump back into the coffee cup seat and twirl around (laughs) like it's the cups at Disney World. Okay. Except tea, it's coffee.
1: I didn't know where that was going, but
0: I didn't either. You did good. Improv that whole thing. (laughs) I like it. Thanks. (laughs) I would ride that. I Went to school for that. So yeah. Nice.
1: Good job, Gracie. A for effort. A plus.
0: <laughs> so today, guys, we're going to be talking about our favorite horror artists. Uh, this week, Abby is going to mention her three favorites, or three that she really enjoys. And mm-hmm. then the next coffee break, I'll be talking about the ones that I enjoy. So take it away, Abby. Abby. Hi guys! Okay so
1: I picked three that I've been following for quite a while but I also wanted to mention in our area we have a ton of really talented like local artists who are painters, sculptors, there's people who like make toys and horror props so they're like replicas from horror movies and that kind of thing. A couple of those that I am like personal friends with or know in passing are um, Isaac Bidwell and he does stuff for for, um, Pickled Punks. Oh cool. It's called Mm -hmm. so he's got like a little business and he distributes to a couple like larger websites and that kind of thing. Okay. There is also uh, another gentleman. His name is Colin, but his artist name, I believe, is CM Bucko. Okay. Um, we actually met him at Freddy Fest, and he does kind of like mashups of different horror characters and stuff. Sweet, yeah. So, yeah, he had, I think when we saw him, he had like a Cthulhu print, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. So cool. So check him out if you get a chance. If you just search like Syracuse artists, there's a ton. So um, just keep that in mind if you're looking for somebody new to support or you just need a little bit of inspiration, there's a ton.
0: We also have a lot of tattoo artists that yeah, I absolutely. Think don't get enough credit as because of the area that we're in. It's not New York City. It's not, you know, Seattle. Like, but we have a great amount of tattoo artists here in Syracuse, too.
1: Yeah, for sure. So to start, um, for my top three favorite horror artists, um, we talked about him a little bit in a previous episode that we did uh, for YouTube favorites, but I just wanted to bring him up and talk a little bit more about him. Um, His name is Menton Three. So it's Menton, all one word with the number three at the end of his name. He's an oil painter and he captures a lot of the female form in ways that Really portray like frightening imagery, but at the same time, he likes to delve into like the power of femininity and like how strong the female personality is. Uh, he has been known for his work. Um, he actually did an album cover for Carnifex. They're like a metal band. Um, cool, yeah, and it's like super, super creepy, very dark art. Um, a lot of his like the women in his paintings are like emaciated or they've got like these crazy like demonic eyes and that kind of thing it's just really cool like if you if you need inspiration for like a gothic approach to the female figure I think it's his stuff is just really cool and it speaks volumes about like female empowerment and that kind of thing too um I like a lot of his theory behind kind of removing the sexuality from his paintings because he doesn't want them to be overly sexual. So like if he paints a nude female figure, he'll like remove the nipples or something from the painting. So that's... Um, Kind of cool.
0: Kind of a different way to approach it. That's interesting because a lot of women, there's this whole free the nipple type thing where the nipple shouldn't be looked at as something as sexual. It's something that is used to feed children. Yeah, exactly. So so that's kind of interesting that he chooses not to have that.
1: Right. Um, He said in an interview, too, that a lot of people will approach him about that. And they'll mention, like, you know, why don't you ever include that in your paintings. And he basically just says, it's not what I'm trying to portray. Like it's for me, it's not something sexual because the women in his paintings are already beautiful and Mm -hmm. he doesn't really want people to look at it that way. So I thought that was kind of refreshing because I feel like a lot of the times in this particular genre of art, women definitely are viewed as like something sexual or, you know, it's kind of taken out of context.
0: Yeah, a friend of mine actually just, we were having a conversation on Messenger, and she just said that um, unfortunately guys look at women either as, the the virgin the mother or the whore mm-hmm. and those but that unfortunately like those three avatars are you know associated with women and if you're not one of those then you don't fit the mold right. you're maybe not desirable exactly
1: yeah so I, th- I just thought that was kind of an interesting approach to it. And he especially
0: coming from a male, because going back to the whole free the nipple thing, like that's something that women are trying to like desexualize. Right. And for men, it's like, can they get away from seeing that as a sexual thing? And so mm-hmm. maybe for him, it's his way as a male to not have any sexual imagery like right. in the female form. Like right. that's the only way he can portray it. That's kind mm-hmm. of interesting.
1: yeah, it definitely is. So if you get the opportunity check out his he's got a YouTube channel but he's also known for doing he did some images for one of the Silent Hill either comics or video games. I think maybe it might have been both like he helped with the design of the video game. Those are really awesome. He' is also like reimagined some of the characters from Batman in a more like um, artistic gothic way. Um, OK, great. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, the next artist that I wanted to talk about was uh, Alex Party. He has done a couple album covers for artists like Cage who he's like an underground New York City uh, rapper and stuff. Oh, cool. He's done album work for The Used, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners know. They were, at the time when he did the illustrations, they were kind of emerging as like an emo, like punk band. His imagery is really cool because it's very colorful.
0: The first thing I thought of was like, I don't know, maybe I'm just an old woman. But like, to (laughs) me, it looked like the stuff that would be at like the bottom of a skateboard.
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. (laughs) Whatever that's called. He actually has worked with a couple different skateboard companies. He may have worked with a couple snowboard ones too. Oh, so there you go. I actually have them here in my notes. He worked with Hurley actually. Oh, wow. So yeah, he's done work for some designs with them. 2020 skateboards. He also helped with the design for the movie Sucker Punch
0: that makes sense yeah okay
1: so you can and you can definitely tell too like yeah it like really clicks with people they're like oh yeah I totally know that guy um, he also was a part of a movie that just came out a little while ago. It might have been 2015 or 16 mm-hmm. called Digging Up the Marrow. He actually designed the monsters for that movie. So it was uh, that whole movie was based on his artwork.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: and it's really cool. It looks a little bit cheesy, mm-hmm. but the actual art and production of the movie looks really awesome. He takes really violent imagery and puts, like, pops of color everywhere. So it's kind of like like creepy horror mm, sort of pop art.
0: Yeah, I saw one that was, uh, like, a skull, and then there was, like, pinks and blues, mm-hmm. like, surrounding it, and I was like, I'm confused. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's really an interesting different. mix of, of medium, almost, in yeah. that sense.
1: Well, his – I also really appreciate his work because – He, as an artist, has used it to work through things like depression, anxiety. Um, He um, struggled with suicidal thoughts and that kind of thing. So you can definitely see that reflected in his art. But it's a really different approach.
0: Yeah, because normally I feel like when you see artists who are battling depression, they use very dark, gloomy colors. This is the exact opposite. It's almost like he's trying to... Um, So let's say there is like this graphic imagery of like death and the skull and whatever. And then he throws in all of these beautiful, uh, bright colors. It's almost like one emotion is trying to conquer the other emotion. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of neat.
1: I think a big part of it too is like if you look at a brain scan, all the different areas of the brain will be different colors. So I think that has a huge role to play in his art. I don't know if he has talked about it in interviews or anything like that, but for me as an artist, that was what stuck out to me the most. And also because I studied psych in college, I was like, oh, Yes. Okay. Like, I totally get what he's trying to say here. So, that's really cool. If you're interested in like watercolor mediums, he does a lot of pen and ink and like regular sketch stuff. His style is really cool and it's very unique. So,
0: that's great. Yeah. So, who's last but not least? All right. So,
1: my last artist for this coffee break is everyone in the school read uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. (laughs) Yeah. So my last artist is Stephen Gammel and he was the illustrator for the Scary Stories books. And like everybody knows when they see his work, because that little part of your brain fires up where you're like, oh, yeah, this scared the crap out of me yes. when I was 10 years old. So anyone who is a big fan of the horror genre or loves horror novels or scary stories in general... I think can identify with his work and I love it and as an artist I have used uh, like his. I haven't like tried to steal his work or anything but um but it's been a a huge inspiration no yeah because that was like one of the first like books or images that I saw was that big like sketch of the clown from the scary stories books yeah That has stuck with me for years and years and years. And it always pops up like whenever I'm working on a painting and I want to portray something that's like, you know, reminds me of my childhood, but also scares the freaking crap out of me. Mm -hmm. That always kind of like flashes in my brain. So his work is um, a lot of like sketch stuff but it's also very wispy so it's like he adds a watercolor effect to it okay so it's all like black and white and like pen and ink and stuff like that but he'll add like pops of color for certain things like he'll throw in blues or reds and stuff like that so but his style is like what I'm going for pretty much all the time whenever I like sit down to sketch I'm like oh my god because it's just so whimsical
0: what was the story that really scared you when you read the Big Toe. The Big Toe, yes. Yeah. I don't remember which one mine was called, but it's the one where the woman has the spider who lays eggs in her face. <gasps> oh, my God. And that image with all the spiders crawling out of her face, that Ooh. scared me and still does. Like, I see that image, like, online, and I'm like, huh. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah.
1: Gross. But Gross. he was great.
0: And you know what was so funny was that when I was little, I, I never because I didn't understand the concept of art really mm-hmm. too much yet, right? Yeah. So when I would look at those images, I always used to think, "How did he do that? Like, how how is has this been conjured into existence?" Right. I but yeah, he, he like used the watercolor, and that's how he made it seem like all splattery and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. never I never understood that as a kid. I was always like, "How? Oh, why does it look like this?" And it yeah. used to turn me off so much but
1: it's like I think if you know you were to come across like a ghost or a spirit or something that is what it's exactly what I would picture Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because it's like it looks like his work was kind of accidental yeah and he was just like oh like he splashed something on the page and then was like oh this is what I see and he like traced an outline Mm -hmm. like that's that's the mental image I get of him drawing these images. So I'm like, oh, it creeps me out. Like it was an accident, but it was also meant to be. So,
0: <gasps> like life itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow, we're getting real deep. Okay, well, real too philosophical. Bad is, too bad this is a coffee break <laughs> and we got to end it now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. Who are your favorite horror artists and why do you like them? Suggest them to us because we want to know. Better
1: yet, like tag us or something. Post an image on Instagram and tag the podcast so we can
0: see what you're talking about. We love you guys so much. Thanks for sticking with us. I hope you had a great Halloween uh, last week. Next week, it's going to be the beginning of season two. So check it out. We're going to be talking about one of our very favorite recent horror movies. Mm -hmm. And we say recent. It's been like, what, five years, four years? Yeah-ish, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, like us on Facebook at Good Morning Nancy. Like us on Instagram at Good Morning Nancy Podcast. And like us on Twitter at Good Morning Nan. We want your likes. We love you. Love us back. <laughs> Give us the like. <laughs> Give us the thumbs up yeah. and the tweet. Yeah. Right? The tweet. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. We're too old for this. Bye. Bye.